0: Goals, goals, goals for the Minnesota Wild in a record-breaking 2021-2022 season. Who scored them? When did they happen? Our season review series starts today with a look at the Wild's offense today on Locked on Wilds. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we begin the off season as we decompress the season by looking at uh, several components of the Wild season as a team, uh, starting with the offense here today as we uh, move through what was a uh, very successful regular season for the Wild, ultimately not a great postseason, but uh, we'll talk about all of it here uh, throughout this and the uh, weeks to come. Here on Lockdown Wild, my name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran captain, and uh, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota Wild teams and Minnesota sports teams, and now uh, in off-season mode here as the Wild uh, were eliminated from the postseason last week, and so now we uh, fully shift gears. As the Stanley Cup playoffs rage on, you may have seen it on Twitter. And the plan for this week is to take what we saw throughout the course of the regular season, we'll incorporate it in, uh, we'll incorporate the postseason as well. And uh, we're doing so in pieces offense today, then we'll go defense, special teams. Uh, goaltending, and uh, we'll also uh, just talk about uh, how to fix some of the things that went wrong in uh, the postseason against the Blues. So a lot of what happens here over the next few weeks will be throughout the week kind of expanding things, and by the end of the week, we'll try to come up with uh, a neat and concise. Way to put a bow on things and uh, move us forward towards the off season. The Dennis system is back. Dennis system 2.0 for uh, the Wild off season served us well last year. And so uh, we will be doing it again here this year. But you got to take a look back before you can move forward. And so uh, we will start with what was a record-breaking season for the Minnesota Wild in terms of goals as a team eclipsing the 300-goal mark for the first time in franchise history. Previous record for this team was uh, 200 and, I believe, 64 goals. So this wild offense, for the first time in a long time with this franchise, and it's been few and far in between, actually looked like an offense. And it starts first and foremost with the two guys that were stirring the drink the most and Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala. And you had Kaprizov shatter every record, basically, that exists for this team. And a guy who just was never afraid of the big moments. He scored early in games. He scored late in games. There was no moment that was ever too big for Kaprizov, and that includes... Uh, That included the postseason. But if you'll remember, it took Carrillo a little while to uh, score goals uh, here this season. He was still contributing, as he does, uh, with assists through the first few games of the season. But it took a little while for this wild offense to click and to find the right combinations uh, you'll remember that uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck was initially the, uh, the center for the Kaprizov and Zuccarello line with Ryan Hartman being the uh, center for the grief line. Well, now the grief line. And the Fiala line early on in the year was, uh, of course, Kevin Fiala, some Freddie Goudreau, some Victor Rask, some Nick Bugstad all mixed in. And so the early part of the season was kind of the fourth line show for this uh, this wild team. But once Ryan Hartman got put on that top line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello and the chemistry there, once they finally pulled Victor Rask off that line, because... It's Victor Rask. Once they pulled him off that line, they put Ryan Hartman there. Hartman's season started to really take off. The caprizoff line got rolling. That led to the eventual um, creation of the Fiala-Boldy-Goudreau line, which carried the team through the entire back end of the season. We saw for the first time in really... This franchise's history, Um, Marion Gabrick was as close to it as we've seen. But having a guy that is, every game, capable of winning that game for you and capable of taking the game into his own hands. And then we saw a player in Kevin Fiala who really emerged and reached this this high echelon of players that the Wild also have uh, really not seen, and have um, have had the number of seasons in which Kevin Fiala had are um, can be counted on one hand, and so you have Kaprizov continuing to continuing to blossom and continuing to elevate his game. You have Kevin Fiala putting everything together, and you've got those two guys leading the charge and breaking records that you looked at them at the time and with the way that the Wild played up until these last couple of years, you're thinking, no way any of those are going to be broken. And now, after having broken all of the Wild single-season records... You look at it and you're like, well, is Caprizov going to do this again within the next two or three years? Obviously, it's going to be tough as we will continue to trudge through in the offseason due to the salary cap constraints, but the Wild are shifting more towards a dynamic offense than they have ever been at any point in their franchise history. And a lot of that was reliant on some guys that put career seasons together uh, all at once. And so uh, not only do you have the top end of Kirill Kaprizov taking what he did last year in a very impressive rookie season and bettering it, and Kevin Fiala putting all of his pieces together um, for a career season. But you've got some other guys who have been around the league quite a bit that all also happened to uh, to throw things into the mix. And so you get the top ends, Kaprizov and Fiala. But we're going to talk as well coming up about uh, some of the guys that had their career bests this season as we recap the Wilds offense to start off our season in review. We'll do that next here on Locked on Wilds. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, as well as the Stanley Cup playoffs, fights, and even next season's NHL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, to eSports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all of that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder that Locked on Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Continuing to recap the season for the Minnesota Wilds and looking at key areas of this team: offense today, defense tomorrow, special teams on Thursday, goaltending on um, goaltending as well. And you know, we we talk about. The inner workings of this offense, and how you have Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala leading the way as uh, the two guys that really helped this team uh, achieve new heights in terms of goals scored, and uh, just become a, a very, very consistent and steady offense—not one where you know you look at the production and you say, "Hey, we scored four goals today. That's that's way above what we uh, what we we would be typically at." This wild team basically averaged four goals a game the entire season, which is is way beyond how they have typically performed uh, in previous seasons. And so you got those two guys leading the charge. But look at how many guys you had on this team that put up career seasons. You can start with the guy who I think was uh, probably the biggest surprise being Ryan Hartman. I don't think anybody expected him to score 34 goals this season, and he he found that uh, that top pairing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and having Kaprizov as a line mate certainly helped um, in that regard for Hartman to establish his new career highs across the board. But you also had uh, Matt Zuccarello, who put in a career high. Um, in several categories himself, not goals necessarily, but points, Um, would have broken the single-season points mark for this team if he would have been able to play uh, down the stretch, missed a few games down the stretch, but nonetheless, 79 points there, um, and broke the assists record that was then broken by Kirill Kaprizov. But you have this whole line that is leading the charge with two guys that are having career years because Kirill Kaprizov is their teammate. But that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you get a career-high season from Jewel eriksson 26 goals. And for all of the just abysmal performances by the special teams unit, which we're going to devote a full episode to later this week, you did have... Two guys on the power play that uh, that did score pretty frequently in Kaprizov and Eriksson Ek, but Eriksson Ek building off of what he did last year to achieve a career high in uh, in goals. You have Marcus Felino doing the same thing, and Felino got off to an absolutely torrid start with this team, then got hurt and came back, and just he didn't look like the Felino pre-injury. Uh, and so, nonetheless, you have the career high in goals for Felino. You have Freddie Goudreau come on the scene. And uh, he's able to give you a career high in goals with 14, getting his first real extended playing time of his career at the center position. And it got to a point with this wild team where, yes, you were getting solid production from the uh, the Kirill Capriz line. Uh, to lead this team, and getting occasional production from the grief line, occasional production from the fourth line. The whole thing changed when Matt Boldy was called up. And uh, you put him on the line with Fiala, Goudreau, and that line had some of the most prolific scoring play you'll probably see in uh, probably in team history ultimately didn't end up materializing in the postseason but we saw another key element for this team to be so good all season long is the formation of that second legitimate scoring line that uh that helped this team i it helped the offense ascend to a higher level even than uh, than we had with Kaprizov on top so We saw really one of the most prolific offenses in team history this year. We also saw one of the deepest with two lines that could beat you every night and a couple of lines that had players that were capable but uh, not necessarily called upon to provide scoring every time they were out there on the ice. And then you've got... um, you know, you nearly had nine goals, or you nearly had ten goals from Nico Stern before he was traded. Uh, Jordan Greenway chipping in ten goals, which was a high water mark for him. Um, his career high, I think, was twelve, so pretty close to that for Greenway. Uh, Jared Spurgeon into double digits for goals, and so it, it all leads to this team that did not struggle to score. This season. And I think it's indicative of just kind of where this franchise has been at in the past and us seeing things kind of flip to where offense became the focus as opposed to uh, the defense. But we saw in the postseason that uh, there were particular points of this formula. That were exploitable, that were beatable. And so, all that regular season success that this team had, and it's not even, we haven't even really scratched the surface in terms of the ability to pick up wins in come from behind fashion. I mean, look at that Winnipeg game early on in the season where the Wild ended up winning because they scored three goals in the last like two minutes of the game and then uh, won it in overtime. Uh, This wild offense was effective, was pretty consistent, and was dangerous at all points in the game throughout the course of the regular season, which, no surprise, franchise record for wins, considering that it was a franchise record for goals as well. There were some things that uh, need to, I think, be fixed for this offense to be truly great. And so we'll talk about the strength for this team up the middle on offense and how that needs to be addressed here in the offseason as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Is it your birthday today? No. Is it tomorrow? The next day. What if I told you your birthday could be every day with the help of Bilt Bar? I just received a shipment of Hot Off The presses Birthday Cake Puffs, and I've never had anything like this before. You can get them right now. Can't promise, though, that they will be available later this week, so go get them today at built.com. Much like your other favorite Bilt Bar varieties, Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. But with the Birthday Cake Puffs, Bilt has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of Birthday Cake, covered them in 100% white chocolate, and added sprinkles. Birthday Cake puffs, puffs contain 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar in this limited time flavor, which is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. So start celebrating your birthday every day by going to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild as we dive into the offseason by recapping the 2021-2022 season for the Minnesota Wild in several key areas. Starting with the offense today, and we talked about All the records that this team shattered during the course of the regular season. They were dangerous early, during the middle of the game, late in the game. And it all worked through the regular season. And then we got to the postseason. And the offense was just not the same. The Boldy-Fiala-Goudreau line was quiet. Karel Kaprizov was trying to do everything that he could do in order to uh, to will this team to a series victory. But look at some of the elements of things that happened during that series. You've got guys like Ryan Hartman, Marcus Fellino, Matt Sucarello, who all had career seasons that um, dried up in the postseason leads you to believe that it was something that probably was not sustainable uh, in that uh, this team was benefiting from guys taking more shots and scoring more prolifically than they have at any point in their career. And you go up against a team like the St. Louis Blues, and I think they knew that too. And so it limits the number of options that you have to worry about on, on the team when you are going up against them in a seven-game series. I mean, the scoring speaks for itself. You had Kirill with seven goals. Jewel eriksson had three. Beyond that, you had one for Matt Cuccarello, one for Jonas Brodeen, one for Jordan Greenway, one for Matt Dumba, one for Freddie Goudreau, and one for Matt Boldy, and that was it seven of the 16 goals that this team scored were by one player, and 10 of the 16 goals were by two players. And so the Wild had all of these great career-high seasons, but you look at it, and a lot of it was playing next to Kirill Kaprizov. In the case of Ryan Hartman, that was a huge part of the reason that Hartman was able to have the season that he did. And not, not taking anything away from Ryan Hartman because I I believe that he is one of the more unsung players on this team just because of what he's willing to do for this team to help them get to where they need to go. And one of those things was stepping up and playing center for this team this year. You have Jewel Eriksson-Eck, is... Really, the only true center on this roster. I mean, Tyson Jost is um, is probably a, a true center as well, and Freddie Goudreau has been fine at that spot. But this was something that we knew coming into this season was going to be a problem, and that you don't have that true number one center for your team. Somebody that can go against the likes of uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Someone who can you know, help drive the offense when it's starting to get stagnant. Ryan Hartman's not a driver of offense the same way that Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala are. And so you have all these guys who are perfect complements for those drivers of offense. And you look at what the Blues did in the series to the uh, the Minnesota Wild. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Kyrou, uh, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen. Like those guys, all can drive the offense for the Minnesota Wild or for the St. Louis Blues. The Wild are relying on really two guys to drive the offense, and so one of the biggest things I think for this Minnesota Wild team this offseason is I think we need to start trying to really address the center position. Now, Claude Giroux was the, the potential target for this Wild team at the trade deadline. Didn't end up coming here. Ended up going to the Florida Panthers. But You wonder how this team would have looked had they overpaid to get him at the deadline because he would have been able to assist with that so that when you have a player like Kaprizov who is facing extra attention on zone entries, other things, even just possessing the puck, you have other guys that can get things going so that he isn't the one So he's not the one that is expected to get everything started. And you have people just kind of not sure of what to do if it's not Kaprizov. So you look at, considering the overall body of work for this wild offense, it was great, but it relied on only a couple of guys to actually push it ahead, drive it ahead. And that's something that this team's going to need to look at. Now, whether Marco Rossi fits into the equation next year, and we'll talk at length about all of the guys who factor in next year and beyond. Rossi is more of your true center that uh, I think definitely has a role on this team. But is he a number one guy? Is Eric Sinek a number one guy? Freddie Goudreau, a number one guy. Is Tyson Jost a number one guy? I I can't at this point answer that question with a yes, and so I think one of the things, and I know this is this was talked about in the YouTube comments um, in the final couple of games of this series, is that was that was one of the areas that the Blues were able to uh, take advantage of this wild team is just that the the center matchups were very tilted in the blues favor. And so one of these times it's the same as any of the other Minnesota sports teams, the Vikings with the offensive line, the twins with their pitching staff, the Timberwolves with point guards. Like you can try to come up with other ways to fix these things. But at the end of the day, unless you get, Actual centers to put into these spots. It's going to be the same thing come postseason. Unless you have a roster you've put together that is just, you know, so far above what other teams have. We're going to need some centers at some point. And again, not to take away from what guys like Ryan Hartman are doing, but... Ryan Hartman is way more suited, I think, for a wing role than he is being a center. And so, put that on the offseason priorities list is to address the center position via trade, via draft, whatever you need to do, via call-up, address the center position because the wild needs more guys that can drive the offense as opposed to sitting in the back seat and uh, waiting for things to materialize. So that is where we will leave things for today. And uh, once again, we'll continue this all throughout the week, try to come up with some uh, big things that need to be addressed for this team through the offseason. And then we will be starting the uh, individual player. Season reviews with a little bit of an exit interview twist to it. So, I uh, hope you tune in f- uh, for all of this throughout the, the end of the uh, postseason and into the off season because we uh, we have no shortage of things coming your way here at Lockdown Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full recap of all the crazy Game Sevens from last night. And look ahead to the second round of the postseason, which kicks off this week. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just like Locked On Wild, follow us wherever you listen and subscribe on YouTube so that you can stay up to date with everything going on with your favorite Minnesota wild hockey team. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.